This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as part of the 2022 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. Society says. I'm kidding. If you were here last year, that's really funny. If you weren't here last year, ask somebody who was. It's still pretty funny. Um, hey, ask somebody about it. It's a good conversation starter. It'll be fun. But for real, I do want to start with a little bit of like not analogy, demonstration maybe. I don't know. Raise your hand. Everybody start with your hands up. Keep your hand up if you would accept $100 million and the only consequence was you lost a pinky. What are you doing when you figure that out? It's pretty much working, right? I'm sure most of us are here. Uh, keep your hand up if instead of your pinky, it's your arm up to your elbow. That's going to drop a few. Yep. Drop a few, keep a few? Yeah. All right, all right. What if elbow all up to your shoulder instead? Hold right or left arm, your choice, go. $100 million. We still got a few? Incredible. What if you lost both arms, both legs, and both your eyes? Eyes? Both your eyes. I just bought new ones. Cameron's lying. There's always one. There's always one. Obviously, most of you guys lost your hands, and why is that? Because $100 million isn't worth it if there's no way to live it out. If there's no way to actually enjoy the $100 million. Unless you're saying like, we are going to search the black web, huh? You know what? Um, but the idea is that, man, I think a lot of people view Christianity in the same, similar lens where they're like, man, it's great, you know, $100 million, I get heaven someday, but it just destroys my life now. Like, there's no joy in it. It takes away all my fun, all the exciting things. I want to live my next 80 years with a lot of happiness. I think uh, a great way to combat that, a great way to put that into a different perspective is to think about an eternal perspective that starts today. And so, eternal perspective for eternal life starting today. Uh, is that kind of fun? I don't know. I've fought back and forth for titles for about an hour and a half. Way more, way more time than I should have put into it. Oh well. But, I want to really cast a vision for you guys that man, the gospel affects you starting today, going into eternity. That your eternity doesn't start when you die. Your eternity starts right now whether you have or have not said yes to Christ. So we're gonna do a lot of our work. Oh wow, my whole screen just freaked out. We're gonna base a lot of our talk off of uh, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There it is, thanks man. Um, we're gonna go into the bridge diagram, talk about that in the workshop, but I think there's a lot of sweet truth in this, that if you've heard it a million times, if you've heard it one time, like really, really can just be some gospel uh, evidence and just a lot of fulfillment in your life. So we're kind of asking the question like, man, what is it all for? Why is this worth living out today? Why does this affect my life right now? How does this change the next 60 years of my life? We're all 20. Average lifespan is what, 80-ish years? We've got 60-ish years left. Assuming, I don't know what Sam just said. I think he's saying both different, whatever. But <laughs> assuming that something drastic doesn't happen, I mean, Lord sovereign, things can happen, but 60. That's the number, whatever. So we're gonna kind of ask this question, building it around the framework of, what's it all for us? So we're gonna ask the questions, what are we fighting against? What do we replace it with? And what do we do now? 
right? So I think uh, just kind of another little analogy to help us think through this framework. We're going to watch a quick clip from Hamilton. If anybody's ever seen it, it's playing as you guys walked in. It's pretty fun. But Sandy B's got that coming up in a second. And this will kind of help us, I hope, uh, kind of take what Hamilton's experiencing and throw it into our lives with Christianity and the gospel. Sammy, take it away. No. No. no way. A series of essays anonymously published defending the document to the public. No one will read it. I disagree. And if it fails, or that's why we need its constitution amendments. So it needs amendments. It's full of contradictions. So is independence. We have to start somewhere. No. No way. We're making a mistake. Night. Hey, what are you waiting for? What do you stall for? What? We won the war. What was it all for? Do you support this constitution? Of course. Then defend it. What if you're backing the wrong horse? Burned, we studied, and fought, and killed for the notion of a nation we now get to build. For once in your life, take a stand with pride. I don't understand how you stand to the side. That's good, man. Thanks. Oh, can I, can I louder than I was before? I might hit the wrong volume switch. Is that better? Maybe? I don't know. Anyways, uh, I show that to say, man, these two guys are two. American Revolutionary War veterans, Revolutionary War veterans. They just fought against Great Britain. They battled, they, not okay, cool, that's okay. Um, their whole motive was, man, we want to get out from under the rule, under the tyranny of Great Britain. We want to replace it with our own government. We want to be self-governing, self self-ruling. One more. Thanks, man. We want to be self-ruling. We want to take ownership for ourselves. This isn't really that important, so you don't need to copy this down. Um, it just helps us think through what we're talking about. And what do they do now? They want to defend it. They say, man, we just literally fought and killed people. We risked our own lives for this thing that we believe in so drastically. Therefore, now let's go defend it. Let's go proclaim it. And so, how does this relate to the gospel? I think we're just going to keep, well, we are going to keep going. Jumping back to Romans 6.23. So the first question is, what are we fighting against? We are fighting against death. Uh, that first line of Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. That means that, well, you guys, for example, sorry, I'm talking way too fast, I always do. Uh, everybody works at Walmart, Sea uh, Shack, Lululemon, Chick-fil-A, somewhere, right? If your wage is 10 bucks an hour, I think you all make more than 10 bucks an hour. I don't know if you do or not. But anyways, if, you're, if your wage is $10 an hour, it means for every hour you work, your wage, you're earning $10, right? What Paul says in Romans 6.23 is that your wages what you are doing, you are sinning, and what you wage for that is death. And I think what a lot of people will tell you when they read this passage is that death means hell. And I wouldn't say that's wrong. It's not wrong. I would not stand up on a pulpit or stand on a soapbox and scream at somebody if they said hell. It's not wrong. I just think it is partially incomplete. I think if Paul wanted to say that the wages of your sin is hell, he could have said hell. But if you look at the Greek, I got to have this written down below, he used the word thanatos, and thanatos means death. Literally. Thanatos was the Greek god of death. And if you look at how that word is used in the, Greek, in the Greek New Testament, it's always used to describe the daily destruction of your soul. That man, Paul is not saying that you're going to hell. He is saying that you're going to go to hell. But he's saying that right now, today, your soul is being destroyed and your soul is dying. That as you sin, Satan is saying, yes, come closer to me. Let me turn your heart further and further from God. Let me turn your heart more and more stone-like. Let me rip you further away the man that's promising you joy and eternal happiness and bringing closer to my despair and my dissolution. 
I can write that word up anyways. Awful, right? The wages of sin is death. That is what every person is in the state in. That is why America is in the, the gutter. That's why the world is in the gutter. That's why we keep getting worse and worse. Because like Reed said, two, two Mondays ago, however long ago he was here, it feels like 15 years, he said, nobody flows closer to God. You are only constantly being pulled further and further away until God pulls you back in. And so, man, we're fighting against that death. All of humanity, it's no wonder we keep jumping into every idol we can think of that we're looking for uh, music, for weights, for sports, for relationships, for a high-paying job. We're looking for something to save us from this death. But we have a Jesus-sized hold on candy filled with anything but Jesus. So, therefore, oh, why I have that slide there. What do we need to replace it with? We need to replace it with eternal life. That, God is, that Paul is saying that the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And again, I think similar to that death phrase, this isn't saying heaven. I think it does lead to heaven by 100%. Absolutely leads to heaven. But it also starts today. It starts now. Uh, the word that Paul uses here is zoe. right? And I think if you ever want to do a really sweet word study uh, in the Bible, just look up all the times that the word life is used in the New Testament, and oh my gosh, it'll make you cry. Over and over and over, Jesus is offering you, offering us eternal life. And it's in such sweet ways. So this word zoe specifically, uh, there's a couple different words that are translated into life. It's not that important. It is, but it's not for the sake of this. But zoe is to being, is, does mean being born into the life that God desires for you. That you're being born, born again and made more and more like Christ having your heart transformed to being more and more fulfilled. So it's beginning the process of being totally fulfilled in Christ to be made perfect at the return of Christ. But man, while over here Satan is saying, man, every day I'm going to tear you down and destroy your soul a little bit more and more. Jesus and Paul are saying, over here we are offering you the free gift to restore your soul every day a little bit more until the day of Christ Jesus when you will be made perfect. Philippians 1.6. Um, this word, this word Zoe, it's so, it's so cool. It's all over. Uh, in John 3.16, that whole, for, the God, for God so loved the world, he gave you the Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Same word, Zoe, life. Jesus is, an, is offering heaven. He's offering a current heaven that becomes complete when heaven comes. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have, make, I have come so they may have life and have it abundantly. It's the same thing. I want to bring them life that starts now. Um, there's this uh, cool quote from C.S. Lewis where he writes, every time you make a choice, you're turning, into, turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little bit different than it was before. And taking your life as a whole, with all your innumerable choices, all your lifelong, you are slowly turning into this central, starting, turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. Either a creature that is in harmony with God, with other creatures, and with itself, or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God, with its fellow creatures, and with itself. To be the one kind of creature is heaven, that is joy and peace and knowledge and power. To be the other means horror, madness, idiocy, rage, impotence, and eternal loneliness. Each of us at each moment is progressing to the one state or the other. Man, like Reed said, we don't drift closer to God. You are either, either being pulled further and further into this rage, this eternal loneliness, this hardening of your heart, our God has called you to a new life. He's called you to an eternal Zoe. And it's a free gift. It's so sweet. So then, what do we do? What's next? Just like Hamilton and Aaron Burr are arguing, 
What are you waiting for? What do you stall for? We won the war. What was it all for? It was all we can glorify God and magnify his name throughout the nations. And you have been called from death to life. You are being destroyed every day. But God says, no, I have a free gift for you that I want to restore you every day. How good is that? We have the, you go to the next slide for me, please? Thanks. So what do we do? Man, the gospel calls us to disciple, to proclaim the name. And some people, people say often, oh, well, you know, to call a disciple, call to action, it's not for me. I've never felt a big call in my life. Read the Bible, man. I don't mean to be harsh, but we read yesterday from Kale, Matthew 28, 19, that Jesus has said, go and make disciples of all nations. That's not just for people that feel all oh, the extra special calling. Oh, I think I'm going to be a pastor of the biggest church in the Midwest. I'm going to lead all people to the, to the Lord. That's incredible. If you are, good for you. I'm so for you. But man, we need pastors. We need missionaries at Chick-fil-A, at Surfside Walmart, at Garden City Walmart, at the Neighborhood Walmart, at the Sea Shack, at Lululemon. That, so I have for you and I want to include you. I forgot your cookie day. Public apology. Sorry, I forgot you on cookie day. You're so far away. Um, there is such a need everywhere you go. Yes, we want to send missionaries to the 1040 window. We want to send missionaries to South America. We want to send missionaries to Antarctica. We need to send missionaries. We need to send missionaries everywhere. But you need to be missionaries at Walmart, on project, with your family, with your friends, and back at your college. The gospel is too important not to be. Um, the next slide is another quote from C.S. Lewis where he says, man, there are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. The life to yours is the life of a bat. Man, we're gonna see, we're not gonna see. The, even Leonardo da Vinci and his Mona Lisa, that's been around for thousands of years, not thousands, hundreds, I don't even know how old Vinci is, I made that up, hundreds of years. He's gonna pass away, that art's gonna fail, that art's gonna be gone. America is gonna fail, it's gonna be gone. The only thing that might be eternal might be the Vikings, Super Bowl drought, whatever. But, uh, yeah. I know, it's sad. I'm a Vikings fan too. It's sad, it's sad. It's more of a tragedy thing. Anyways, but I think the only thing that truly lasts forever is my soul, is your soul, is your coworker's soul, is your family and friends. Our souls are eternal. And yes, we're facing death. But there's a priest and promise of eternal life. Um... Romans 10, 13 through 15 says that for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Man, what a fulfilling life to say that the only thing that is satisfying, the only thing that is giving me life is the promise of the free gift of God of eternal life. What better life to live? What better mission to lead out the rest of your life with? I think there's 65 of us here. If 65 people went back to their campus with the sole intent of spreading the gospel and getting a degree, there's so many good things that you can do while spreading the gospel. Getting a degree, becoming an accountant, becoming a teacher, becoming a doctor, becoming whatever in the world you want to become. And then be a missionary there. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I think the last little thing then is this I was reading a book earlier from J.D. Greer, and he said, Life is too short, eternity is too long, and the stakes are too high not to talk about Jesus. People are facing this death every day. You are facing this death. You are being destroyed every single day by Satan. 
But now, but, 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 the free gift of God is eternal life. Now you've been made new. Help. There are so many people still facing this death. There was a staff guy uh, in our, during, our, during one of our last days of uh, staff development recently, where we were reading a book, uh, 12 Questions Facing Christianity. It was pretty good. But one of the one of the tough questions that Christians wrestle with, obviously, is, man, how can a good God send people to hell? And that's tough. That's obviously crushing. But I think if you look at that Romans 10 passage, everyone who calls on the name, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God doesn't turn anybody away. People are rejecting him. People are rejecting his truth. Well, they haven't heard the truth. Man, life is too short, eternity is too long. Not to be scared, to be embarrassed. Go, go after it. It's too important not to. Um, I have a couple questions here to reflect on. We'll sit on sit in these for a minute or two, and then we're gonna talk about the bridge diagram, which again, I'm sure some of you have heard, some of you probably haven't. Cool, it's whatever. I hope we can talk through it together in like two, three minutes here. I don't know. We'll sit with these reflection questions for a couple minutes, five till 25, ready to go. Thanks, Sam. Um, I really do hope that if this, uh, yeah, I just hope that this stirs some urgency in your heart for the gospel, I think. Uh, I hope this puts a little bit of a different mindset on beach evangelism, on working at Walmart, on even just like your own life. And I don't know, I know when I, so Jack and I actually took a class together where the professor who was teaching the class talked a lot about this. He loved the word Zoe. I mean, he used it every class, 15 times class period. And when we first started getting it together, we joked about it because we were like, man, how have I not heard about this before? This Zoe is incredible. This way of eternal life is so cool, so good. And so if you have heard before, man, fuck you, I'm glad you heard before I did. If you hadn't, I hope it encourages you. Um, but we are going to talk through the bridge diagram. So if you still have some uh, space in your pen and paper, hopefully you do, because I'm not that smart, so I hope you, hope you take too many notes from me. Um, open up, and we're going to practice the bridge diagram. So I don't actually have any visuals for this, sorry. But I do have words. And you guys will be practicing it together. So I would love for you guys to pair up, or yeah, try to pair up if you can get groups of two. So then we have plenty of time to practice it together. Ready to go, pair up. When we are sharing a bridge diagram, right, however you get into it, that's up to you guys. I'm not gonna break down how to start every conversation ever. But once you're into the bridge diagram, once you say, hey man, I would love to show you uh, this little example of how to proclaim the gospel, how to kind of break down the gospel in an easy, easy to remember, really practical way, kind of show you. They say yes, you say great. You bust out your pen and paper. Mm. You say, I'm going to write a verse down for you. So, if you haven't memorized Romans 6, 23 before, I would encourage you to memorize it because it makes it a lot easier than having to pull out your Bible and say, oh, it's Romans something. Let me find it real quick. Uh, great. So, for basketball fans, just remember LeBron James, number 6 in Miami, 23 everywhere else, 623. Did I just say 24 earlier? I think I did. Anyways, cool. Romans 623. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I like to write this in three different lines. Oh, yeah, that's helpful. Thanks, Sam. I like to write in three lines just like this. Now that first line, the way to sin is death, free gift of God, free gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then I'll draw two little cliffs on opposite sides of each other. I'll kind of do it here. So I draw a little cliff over here, a little cliff over here. Right? What's that? It's a big gap. You need to be really good kind of jump back. Oh, guys. Hey, 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 hey. Don't steal my thunder. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, a lot of you guys have probably heard, heard this before. I would encourage you guys, though, to like try to take something new from it. So, what you listen is death, right? Now, you can either ask somebody who you're talking to what are three words that stick out to you in the first line, or you can just give them the first three words. And so, kind of for your discretion, but. I find what's easiest is just honestly just write wages, sin, and death on that first cliff. And so turn your partner and find a way to write wages of sin, wages, sin, death. Either ask them what are three words that stick out to you, or just say, hey, I think these three words are important. What do you think? Ready to go. Great. So this is where it's conversational. You're not just preaching to somebody, you're talking with somebody, you're trying to help them. Uh, See the gospel for what it is. The gospel is perfect and complete. You don't need to add to it. You're just talking. And so this is where uh, I would love to ask somebody, man, you need to go into, I'm sorry, backtrack. I would kind of do what I, what I told you to talk with you guys. Of what is a wage? What is What does that mean? What does it mean that the wage of the sinner is done? And so going into like that Walmart analogy, man, you make 10 bucks an hour. For every time, every hour you work, your wage is $10. And then talk through how in the first line, your wage is death. Every time you sin, what you earn is his death. And so, again, it's not, sorry, try practicing that with your neighbor. Try asking them, man, what do you think a wage is? And then hopefully you guys can see eye to eye that the wage of your sin is death. Ready to go. Good, a minute, so 30 seconds each. Cool, 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 cool. How many of you guys have seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Cool, 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 cool. You guys are getting that reference? Yep. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Um, Wages sin is death. That's where we're at, right? So this is where, again, you get to be conversational. You get to ask this person, man, what does that mean to you? That the wages of sin is death. Do you feel that? Do you understand that? Do you not? Like, how does this land? And, man, answers can really vary based off their uh, preconceived notions of Christianity, or lack thereof. I've talked to people before that have been like, yeah, what do you mean sin? <laughs> and then that's, you know, this bridge diagram can take five minutes and can take 45. It's really dependent. But uh, for a lot of us, a lot of our contexts are somewhat Christian campuses, or at least campuses that do have a large-ish Christian majority, whether or not it's Catholic, or some form of Christianity. Therefore, people usually have a framework at least for like what sin is, what death is. So, again, you just gotta ask the question, man, what do you think death is? How does that land on you? What are you hearing? So again, take 30 seconds each, just talk about, man, what does that death look like to you? Pretty good. Before we leave, so we're gonna keep rolling. Um, then you jump to the next line, right? To finish up line one, jump into line two, that for the free gift of God is eternal life. And, oh, oh, oh. Um, you, you can do a similar thing, what you do with the first line, we can ask like, oh, like, what are some things that stick out to you? What are some significant words? Or again, I don't like to do that because I feel like it's kind of condescending sometimes of like, what do you think the most important words are? And I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. You can, 
I mean, there are people who are really good at asking questions, I'm just not very good at asking questions. So I typically just tend to say, like, hey, I think the most important thing in the second line are the, that the free gift and God and eternal life. So I'll write those three things on the other, other side of the cliff. And then the question I do like to ask, though, is, man, have you ever gotten a gift from your mom or your grandma on Christmas time? And typically they'll say yes. I have nobody, I've had nobody say no yet, but I'm sure that'd be a very awkward conversation. Uh, so don't, none of you guys say no. Just don't do that, it's awkward. But then you follow up with, great, man, what would you have to do for your grandma, mom, whoever, to take that present away? Like, what would, what would the severity of your problems have to be for them to take it away? And typically, people will say, man, she's not gonna. You know, my mom loves me. Or some people say, well, that'd be really, really, really bad. I'm like, probably true. There's probably a world where you can't get your brothers taken away that your parents would say, you know what, too much. You have to need a timeout, we'll take it away. But more often than not, they do give it back at the time. Anyways. And that's when you get to share, man, the figure to God is eternal life. That God loves you so much more than your parents even fathom. Therefore, man, you have a gift that cannot be broken. You have an inheritance that is Im imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. First Peter 1 4. Oh, you correct me. Great. First Peter 1 4. That, again, this is just a conversation starter of man. What do you think it would take you to lose this free gift? I want you, to, I would love for you guys to press in that man, you can't. God is offering you a free gift. A gift is undeserved, it's something that you didn't do anything, it was just given to you. So it's a gift. And a free gift is eternal life. So again, you get to have that conversation, man. What is this free gift? What is this life? And so, to the best of your abilities, talk about the free gift and life for a minute. Ready to go. There's us on the side of wages of sin and death. And again, this is a conversation starter. This is never, by no means, uh, the template you to just preach at somebody for 10 minutes. This is a way to launch, springboard you into conversation, into deeper discussion with this person, with a real, genuine relationship. And so, I like to draw two people on that side, typically, Sam. Can't believe you understand. But I do like to draw two people, because I like to say, man, you and I are on this side by ourselves. And how do we get across? That's where you look at that third line, that you point to that third line and say, in Christ Jesus our Lord, is the only way that we can have access to this free gift. But it is a way that God wants to give us access to. If you jump back to that Romans 10 passage, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. His heart is that everybody should come to know him, should come to worship him and glorify him. He wants us to find that eternal life. So in Christ Jesus, our Lord, we find this free gift. What happened? Oh, Sam, so good. Look at that. Jeez Louise. I didn't even know this. Sammy, you're stud. Um, but free gift of God's eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It all wraps together. And again, it's all just a conversation. This is just a point. It's supposed to springboard you into more, more conversation, more gospel talks, more relationship. But I think it's a really good springboard with a lot of gospel truth. We get to really hammer on the death of your soul now, this very moment that goes leads into eternity. And you talk about the life of your soul that starts now, is restoring you and leads into eternity. So for the last 10 minutes, um, 20 minutes, sorry, I want you guys to still schedule your partners.
and take 10 minutes each, 10 minutes each, each. Share the bridge diagram with one another, beginning to end, and then we will talk about the beach. Ready, go. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2022 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.